1: not Howard S&P How 2200 really yeah I'm gonna can you I need you to buy some stuff from me <laughs> we're, we're in the barter mode at <laughs> panic with friends we are now scrounging with friends <laughs> <laughs> I will pay you six diet pepsis for a roll of toilet paper that's about where we're getting to oh man I, th- I thought it was off to a 12 pack by now all that toilet paper I've been hoarding from airport, the one ply, it's coming in handy. <laughs> the uh, We have a special guest today. Not famous, but one of the most spectacular trades that I've ever seen in real time. Um, don't know the size. I just have watched this guy journal this trade in real time. So I don't care how much money he's made. I know he's made money and quit his job over it in the last month. He's going to talk about it. Um, he got short- He's a geek, he's a little bit uh, eccentric, uh, lives out in in Tahoe and uh, based on the virus just, and he's a fan of uh, Taleb, uh, which is uh, f- um, <clears throat> black swan stuff, and saw, saw what was happening in China and Italy and put on a short trade and it's cascaded. He just basically got out of it, I think last week. But it was a mega trade, and he journaled it all in real time on stock uh, StockTwits. So uh, for the last month, I've been watching him print money, and it's kind of helped me. His his thesis was so good that it helped me kind of just not do anything stupid. I didn't get shorter. I don't. I don't know how he did it, but how he played it. And he's going to walk us through that. But first, we have another portfolio, a different portfolio company today, stepping up as we head into week three of panic with friends and this is a new portfolio company of ours uh, called pay it off. So I'm going to read um, their uh, little spiel right. and then we'll get to the show. So pay it off a website, payitoff.io it's the first comprehensive student loan API. So what does, what it does is pay it off helps uh, fintech companies and apps and banks build a federal student debt repayment program into any of their financial service products. of Americans have student debt. You think that's a big number?
0: That is quite the number, yeah. Yeah,
1: the average borrower using Pay It Off and their API saves about $3,000 a year from personalized assessment and enrollment functionality. These tools from Pay It Off help especially helpful right now during COVID-19 situation as millions of borrowers are losing part of their income or their jobs entirely. Companies using pay it Offs API can provide immediate relief by enrolling, uh, the customers in income driven repayment plans and forgiveness options. So this is one of those, uh, what do you call it? unintended consequences, a great product, great development team, uh, the money we just invested Knut, and all of a sudden, like a uh, um, uh, black swan happens that like increases the urgency for their product. So uh, if you're fin- if you're a bank, uh, work at a bank, uh, or a fintech startup that wants to offer a great feature for your app, uh, payitoff.io. Okay, and if you are a um, a student or someone who has debt, just go to payitoff.io and uh, take a look through and see how they can help you. Okay, or hit me up and we'll refer you to somebody. Let's get uh, today Marcus. We're going it's Marcus Aurelius is his handle, but we're gonna, he goes by Marcus. Hello. Marcus.
0: Hello, Howard.
1: Are you having gold bathtubs and put in your new home uh,
0: Yes, uh, gold and seeds. Only gold and seeds for me.
1: <laughs> seeds meaning marijuana seeds?
0: <laughs> Any type of seeds.
1: Any type of seeds. We are calling you Any. in Tahoe, California.
0: Oh, sounds good. Yes, you are.
1: And for a smart guy, you're on the wrong side there. You're paying taxes.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm on the expensive side. You're
1: on and, the uh, uh side, the non-Jewish side, the dumb side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like I like paying 30% more. The, uh, <laughs> but can't you just hop
1: over the mountain on your snowshoes and go to the cheap the the tax-free side? or It's just not as nice in incline village.
0: You know, um I prefer California. You know, it's one of those things. It's just, it's just my zone. You know.
1: And were you? Did you grow up there?
0: No. So I'm actually from Hawaii originally. Um, <clears throat> my family worked in government, so we moved around a lot. But uh, I lived in Hawaii for a time, and then my uh, my family moved here when I was younger. So lived here for a while. But I lived in New York for a while as well. My I kind of hopped around. My family worked in FEMA, so I was always kind of bouncing around with them.
1: Oh, they worked in FEMA? Yes. Interesting. Well, good for them. Yeah. They've seen uh, some. That may have given you some insight into the fucking boondoggle that this virus is.
0: Yeah, yeah. The it, the, the problem with the, the thing that nobody really understands is that a lot of government programs are really kind of a patchwork of contracts. So, like, FEMA really isn't quite a government organization. It's really an engineering firm called Parsons and Brinkerhoff. And they're actually the people that <clears throat> designed the New York subway. Oh God. But that's a site. Yeah. But so that. <laughs> designed you for four you people. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my but, God. you know, it's, it's a patchwork of very underfunded and underqualified programs. So when you, yeah, when you see it on the inside, it's really not, not that, uh, not that inspiring.
1: Well, let's, this is one, going to be one of my favorite conversations, especially for people that are uh, Black Swan fans, and who isn't. Um, well, I'm just fascinated by it. So you are a student of Taleb, uh, Nassim, correct, a little bit? Yes. yes. And you, what, I'm, what I told people before we started was um, people, I told the podcast audience that uh, you've put on this magnificent uh trade and covered it live on Stock Twits. So, um, you know, <coughs> you've just been zoned in, locked down, uh, journaling your, your trade here since about the end of February when you I think you kinda had the spider tingly thing feelings in January when you read uh, Nassim's post and then what sort of end of February, I started following this trade of yours in real time every day on stock Twits. And you were relentlessly warning people and putting on this, this, this S and P put trade uh, that you have unwound most of last week, but still remain short and long gold. Uh, And I'd just like to walk through how, the process of this trade started. Yeah. So take your time.
0: um, You can come at it from a lot of angles. Really. We've known in the kind of Talebite community, anyone that's kind of studies complex systems and kind of information theory, because all of this goes down to it's really it's basic mathematics. You know what I mean? And essentially we've known for a while Taleb talks about in the black swan that, Essentially, what globalization has done—and I posted a screenshot of this um, on stock Twits a couple of days ago—and it was Taleb saying, "Get ready for the next big flu, next big uh, Spanish flu. It's just a problem of scale or something like that." Yeah, that, that was in
1: eighteen. Right. He wrote that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Black Swan was written in two thousand seven or eight. You know, so this has been this has been something that we've known would happen for a relatively long time, but it's just a problem of. What globalization has effectively done is we've been selling vol on all of our health right so a problem that only would have killed you know a few local villagers somewhere in romania a couple hundred years ago can now travel around the world in a matter of weeks you right. know what i mean and yeah. so it, it's the best this was a trade-off
1: for the yeah for for expanded markets and bigger trade and uh wealthier nation We've been yeah. selling this risk,
0: Yes, exactly. And so it's it's akin to selling vol on the world's health, right? Mm-hmm. And so that trade finally blew up in our face. And I mean it's 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 come to roost, but it's not the end of the world. you know what I mean, you see these predictions on you know Twitter Correct. and things like that where it's this exponential growth curve that goes forever, right? Mm-hmm. and that's that's just not simply the case. Exponential growth turns into exponential decay once you get past the peak in cases, but like what people have had such a hard time understanding is that, you know, the, the the death rate for something like this is multiplicative, meaning it adds into itself. Right. So like, you saw this in South Korea when the first wave of infections, the, the death rate was around. Uh, as, sorry, our so president
1: did not see this in South Korea. That's part of the problem. So <laughs> yeah. I definitely haven't, but fucking yeah. <laughs> orange beef definitely didn't see this. That's part of the problem. But go, what did you see? W- <laughs> Someone who <laughs> reads a little bit. What did you see?
0: There? Um. So, it, I mean, it, people focusing on the number of cases, like, you know, we've had this many COVID-related deaths. It's viewing it in a very static term. What happens is that as the beta of the wave increases, health care becomes less available for every sort of malady, right? So just because you have a death from a heart attack because you can't get care in time because all the hospitals are full, you can't technically count that as a COVID-related death, but it's an increased comorbidity because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So you... People view, people are still viewing it in static terms. You know what I mean. So yeah. you could say this many people died related to COVID, but that really isn't the question. The question is, you know, can our healthcare system handle this massive influx of people that's going to come? And if we all take social distancing measures, it can. But that's that's the most frustrating part is that people can't grasp that. It's always you know it's something in our dna it's always one of their problems until someone down the street gets it and with something like network effects by the time that happens it's way too late you can't you have to get exponential growth very early on something like this
1: right whereas in venture capital you can catch it after it explodes and make money in in a in a, in a doomsday not doomsday but in this scenario you had to catch it early to make all the money well i mean there'll be yeah. second and third order effects that we'll talk about but so so you in beginning of the year your your sp- sp- <clears throat> the community spider tingly is going off based on t- um, based on some stuff yeah, you're reading so
0: he he wrote um he wrote a paper around january 2nd posted it on twitter and he talked about he quoted the black swan that chapter and after i read that paper a couple times it like came together it was like oh my god this is this is disease x this is the multiplicative disease that's you know that we need to worry about and you know every day you could just see the markets and it's like you know but the markets went up in
1: january no or i kept yeah
0: yeah yeah i was i started talking the s&p was around 3200 at the time okay you know And, and so yeah obviously they weren't pricing in you know upwards of 50 percent of the country being on quarantine you know what i mean and so it just became this matter of well this is disease x that we have to worry about and i I, at first i thought it would be easy to explain exponential growth and kind of multiplicative processes to people but then you know people once again would go and view it in static terms where they'd say oh well you know, this many people fall every year dying off of ladders. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. Fox well, dilemma.
1: Yeah. Fox News exactly. dilemma. Yeah. Exactly. Lightning, and so it's great like. Great white sharks.
0: You totally. And it's, so it's like if one person falling off of a ladder doesn't equal three more people falling off ladders around them, you, you know, but I'd have this debate with people every day, and no one, I mean, some people would get it, but most people would go back to that just kind of one dimensional uh, you know, static line of thinking. And it just drove me insane. So after about a month of, <clears throat> you know, trying to explain logarithmic versus exponential functions to people, I just kind of processed all my rage at the human race into shorting the markets and kept writing about it on stock twists.
1: But you obviously were a trader before. It's not like you could figure this out. And I mean, obviously you could just buy straight puts or call it even if you were a, uh, If you wanted to bet on the end of the world, you don't need to know that much about the markets as long as you find a good guide to help you put on the trade. So now that you're making this bet on on the disease, that's one thing. You've got a thought in your head. uh, You're zoned in. There's not a huge audience that's listening to you. But you still got to be right that it matters to the market. So how do you Mm -hmm. think about the trade? So how did you start thinking about the trade?
0: Um, You know, most of our economy is a service sector, you know, well, it's, it's, it's a transactional based economy. And really the one of, one of the biggest things in, in complexity science or network theory is that in any complex system, one of the most important things is something called centrality. Centrality is how close each node is to one another. Right. And that's effectively what an R zero is. Right, mm-hmm. is you've heard this reinfect rate, reinfect rate, reinfect rate. Um, reinfect rate is an average number of people that get infected per infected person, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as that goes, that's centrality. This is this making sense? Right. Mm-hmm. So as far and one of the things that really stuck in my head is the only way the what China understood so well was that you can't really control how infectious the disease is, but you can control the contact rate, right? So for all intents and purposes, an R0 is how connected each node is, right? So that'd be an infected person and how many people they come in contact with. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see videos of these people getting welded in their homes and all these things is that they understood they can't control, you know, how infectious it is, but we can control how many people come in contact with one another, right? And... Yeah, and so, you know, I, I wrote a really long post about this on StockTwits, and it was the fact that you know any face-to-face transaction for thirty to sixty days we can't afford to have, and that's you know more than half of our economy. You know, so that was really the crux of the argument. And I was I was a trader before this. I've been I've been a trader for God uh, like seven seven eight years now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, it was just, it was just, I mean, it was clear as day, like 30 to 60 days of most of the economy being put on hold. Stocks aren't going to go up in that scenario.
1: And so how did you express the trade? Well, how did, how did you learn about this and how did you express the trade?
0: Um, I bought a lot of puts that were roughly 30% out of the money.
1: So you bought like $2,600, 2800
0: Yeah, yeah, twenty six, twenty eight. I, I, at first, because I, I ended up rolling most of them. I sold most and bought longer dated ones because I thought we would act quicker. I looked at South Korea and it's like, okay, we can get this under control, you know, because uh-huh. yeah, it's it's not the end of the world, you know. Like you can see people <clears throat> something called a Pascal scam, where you can take a really small probability of something and make it look very dangerous make it look like it's going to go up forever right
1: yeah, that's what the media's job is yep
0: yeah exactly and and um you know after you pass the peak after you pass the s curve and exponential growth it turns an exponential decay. you just need to have a contact rate very close to zero right or centrality between each node just separated right for a minimum of about 30 days and then aggressive case tracking for any new cases that pop up, right? Right. But that's the whole reason behind a quarantine is to even make case tracking possible because if you have, like, Ohio the other day came out and said that they had maybe 100,000 cases, and at that point, a quarantine doesn't, you know, a quarantine, you know, case tracking is is computationally impossible, you know?
1: Right, so how do you know when to just get out of that and just say, ah, I made enough money.
0: Um you know that that's the question. Yeah. That's that's really that's the question. So.
1: And you just decided last week, hey, that was a hell of a fucking run. Like I was watching you, and I was like, not telling you to do it. I didn't want to wreck your mojo. I was kind of encouraging you. Uh, <laughs> and then at one point last week, you got long for like an afternoon, and I was like, that was pretty cool. Not only did you where you did you stay short, you 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 bet on a, a rally one of those days I saw, and then we really rallied hard. And then you took that trade off the next day. Uh, yeah, I think you made a broken even. But the, the fact is, you were you were thinking that maybe. The speed had run its course, but now you're, you're still short a little bit. So, so let's talk about second and third order effects of like, you know, you're not as bearish as you were, but like, you still don't think we've got a handle
0: on this. No, 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 no. It's, um, you know, I really don't want to fall into the trap of being, you know, fatalistic about this, you know? Like it's really not the end of the world. But yeah, you said they,
1: that. So I mean, that's that's what's yeah, interesting. So you, the, the,
0: the U.S. is just not really understanding the the multiplicative processes at work here and how quickly it'll explode in your face. You know, it, it's not 80% of the people that get it will be okay. You know, 20% of them that will get it will have complications, and that's really the that's really the issue is the influx of people that's that's going to come so no i i don't think we have a, a handle on it we will but at the cost of at the cost of a lot of economic activity for you know um, i mean goldman came out the other day and they said quarter over quarter gdp in china was like negative 42 percent or something like that so they took you know the, I mean? they took the yeah yeah but you know you have to think like this doubles every week, you know what I mean? So if you don't view it, like if you don't view it with a precautionary principle of, okay, we have to absolutely batten down the hatches here and prepare for the worst case scenario. So it doesn't become that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the economic hit is trivial compared to what it could be, you know,
1: but we've already passed the point of no return. There's there's just, there's no real message, you know, right now. And he's, he's talking about, you know, the, people on the New York post, one guy who survived from that, you know, taking whatever chlorinique and that's what's coming from the Twitter feed of the president. I mean, that's yeah, one case. And then if you read the post, like the doctors are saying it wasn't even the, you know what I mean? Like I can't figure out why our president isn't giving good information. I don't get well, that I mean, part. Was that ever factored idiot. in? Well, okay. But like, yeah. that's, but we can all say that all day. But is he like? What is the end game? Where a guy would? How could you predict this? That's chaos, not not anything related to the disease. You can't predict what he's going to do.
0: No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah. he's not operating by any like factual stand. I mean, he can't exit. He can't exit real estate deal mode. You know what I mean? Like right. the other day, he he came out and he was like talking about the. The chlorazine one. And he goes, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. It's like, there's nothing fantastic. But like, <laughs> what point. are you saying? Like, right. He thinks
1: that it it's like a real estate, it's a pill, a real estate pill. It looks beautiful. Yeah,
0: It's exactly. fantastic. It's the best pill in the world. It's going to be beautiful. It's going and be so great. is this, is
1: this what you mean by second or third order? Or you just mean economic slowdown and pain?
0: Yeah, no economic slowdown. Yeah. So it's like, it's really interesting from an economic perspective because it's like, Nothing in the economy really broke. You know, it's just a supply, demand and liquidity shock to the entire economy for 30 to 60 days. Right. Mm-hmm. And the quicker we, you know, the quicker we grasp this, the less of an economic impact it'll have. You know what I mean? But Americans, I don't I don't know. They're, you know, like so the economist did a piece about this the other day. And 84 percent of South Koreans report trusting their government run healthcare system. Right. You know, like every country in the world that's at, had an easier time, you know, tackling this has a a degree of higher trust in their government-run healthcare system than we do. So, you know, that's the real case is that the the, the quicker we start this, the less pain we're going to suffer later on.
1: Right. So now we've suffered catastrophic. I mean, I have to call it catastrophic because when you take a service initiative, wipe it out, 10 I was talking to some entrepreneurs, 10-year entrepreneurs that you know from shake to, from Danny Meyer on down you, you just, no one saw this so that went yep. to zero so can it, how can it be more catastrophic I mean, obviously if you have no if you have debt it's catast- it's it's rippling effects but if you if it really is 60 to 90 days then when is like a tel- when is a or i don't know what you call your group But when does someone who reads and thinks like a black swan to say, okay, we're, you know, it's not worth thinking anymore about the chaos, what could happen with all the stimulus and everything else when America's machine turns back on?
0: I'm I'm sorry, what are you like? I'm
1: saying, saying when do do you, when does the chaos end 60 to 90 days, you think, or is it just now it's just going to cascade forever?
0: I mean, you never really know. Like, that's, that's the thing. Anyone that actually gives you a prediction, right? Like right. this X people are going to, you know what I mean? It's, it's useless. No one can give you an effective, like the bound, you know, the confidence interval on your prediction is going to be so large that they're effectively useless. You know what I mean? What's yeah. the difference? Like if you say X a hundred thousand people are going to die versus 2 million, you know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't, you know what I mean? Predictions are useless in this sort well, of domain.
1: Well, what's interesting now is now that we've seen this type of black swan, which is 40% in the indexes intraday, and uh, in the S&P this is fascinating, 40% in a month. What could be a black swan that like uh, that beats this black swan? How many decades will it take till you see a black swan like this again? Or is it just going to be the <laughs> well, lasting the effects? Yeah.
0: You can't even call it a black swan, though. We've known for years that this would happen. You know, it's just, it oh, just so goes even, to show how.
1: So this isn't considered a black swan.
0: No, because oh. like a black swan is something that you could never see coming, right? This is something that you could go, oh, this is this is definitely going to happen, you know? Got it. Like, it. like I said earlier, it's a problem of scale, you know what I mean? You uh-huh. you knew you had bugs that mutated and killed a bunch of people in a local village somewhere all the time. That happened, you know, everywhere. But uh-huh. what globalization did was it made the, that problem of scale much bigger.
1: Fascinating. And so what do you do for a living?
0: I, uh, I work in production I uh, I have an engineering background and I um, I work in uh, film and television production
1: and are you gonna get out of that now and just spend your money on on ladies and uh, taxes and gold
0: <laughs> <laughs> gold bathtubs specific gold and Bitcoin bathtubs
1: and are you as an engineer are you interested in Bitcoin or just as a, as a as a vehicle
0: no 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 I don't I, I mean it's the internet in the 1990s, you know, in, yeah. my, in my opinion.
1: So there's something there, but you're not interested yet.
0: Yeah. A proof of concept is there, but it's so, it's so, e- I mean, you know, it's so easy to copy. And if you're, you know, a JP Morgan, you know, what's, what's to, or you know, what's to stop you from making your own and building a moat around it? And they're just- trying,
1: but no, it's brand, I guess. The fact that Bitcoin has going for it theoretically is some level of 10 years of trust. I mean, some level. Otherwise, it wouldn't I still mean, be at 6,000.
0: Yeah, yeah. And going back to the, you know, the Taleb um, concept, there's an idea where it's called uh, Lindy, right? And that's the Ooh, idea. of the triple Facebook, Lindy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um essentially the idea that something, the longer something's been around, the uh, the longer it's probably going to be around, right? After a certain point. Oh, it I becomes, like that.
1: That's called the, yeah. how do you spell that?
0: Uh, L-I-N-D-Y. <laughs> genius yeah lindy it's actually named after a um a bakery in uh i think it was in queens or no long island um and it was where all of the um actors on broadway used to hang out and they figured out that a play that lasted a hundred days was double uh likely to last another hundred days right so the longer something that was came around, up and that's
1: what taleb came up he named it or it was already something
0: uh, I believe he coined it. I don't quite know, but I'm pretty sure he coined it.
1: I have to say, you've turned me into a fan of his.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, he, I, I, uh, I'm an intellectual lightweight comparatively. Well, <laughs> I don't
1: know. I mean, the, the, the cult has to spread somehow. I've always ignored it. Because I don't pick up nickels in front of steamrollers. I just am a trend follower. So it's like, that's just noise for me. How do I predict that stuff, right? I'm not mathematically inclined. I'm great at addition and multiplication. I'm not great at at time decay and and gamma and all the stuff that the options traders use. I've I've always said, if I could do it over again, obviously I would have had the skills to do this. I don't know if I have the stomach to do this. How stressful has it been for you? Even though you're making money, how stressful has it been? (laughs)
0: I mean, yeah, it's it's not a, you, you know, you got sweaty palms sometimes when you wake up. For sure, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, you know, wake up sometimes in the morning, you know, and check futures and lose some sleep over it. But it's, it's just another, Stoics, the whole idea behind Stoicism is focus on what you can control, That's you know amazing. what I mean? And at a point when you have a system, you know, you should trust that system you know, with everything. And really at, it, at that point, it's just kind of behind you to you domesticate your emotions enough to, uh, to work around that. And, 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 you know, it was hard, but every time I would question myself, I'd just go back to the math and then I'd write whatever I'd think on stock twits. And then, you know, it was kind of a, it was a cycle, but it was stressful, definitely. And yeah, you
1: know, I could feel, I, it didn't seem to me you were stressed. So I was trying to just enjoy reading it because um, it was so simple, and you weren't making it complicated. You were just explaining the math, and you didn't change from it. When do you say enough's enough and just say I don't care if it go to zero, but I, I milk that
0: trade? With things like that, the upper bound is so hard to call. You know, I've I've effectively taken off most of the bet now, so we could you know, we could go up considerably from here and I would be okay. I've peeled off most of the profits, but what I do have, that's the nice thing about options is you can tune, you can Delta hedge to the point where, you know, you can, you can make your bets convex.
1: You can limit right now and just say, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You can just say, I'm going to get
1: back 20% and it'll just automatically stop me out.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And they're long dated options. You know, you, you know, I I generally buy within a year. So it you know, it gives me plenty of time where even if, you know, it does go up I'll I'll be okay either way. I, like I said, you know, gold and seeds. I'll I'll be okay.
1: And gold. So why gold if not Bitcoin? Why gold?
0: Um it's really inflationary. You know, we, we're like I cannot you heard Neil Kashkari the other day, like we have infinite amounts of money. <laughs> that was going yeah we have that was going around on Twitter we have infinite amounts of money so I yeah historically in a scenario like this gold gold does well
1: and how do you enter that chart you just just how do you decide when to get in and how, how are you playing it through long options
0: um, combination of, yeah. Combination of uh, gold ETFs and long options. Once again, it's it's all about relative to what I have running, the heat I have relative in my portfolio elsewhere. But yeah, you can you can tune your uh, your vol with a combination of GLD and um, calls. So yeah, that's what I'm using right now.
1: Yeah, as people rushed to liquidity the last two weeks, gold got washed up in it as well. But today, gold had a big day.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you knew that was going to come like there, there had to be people when all asset correlations go to one, you know, people will sell whatever bid they can get.
1: Yeah. Today we're seeing it in Apple and Google and not quite Amazon yet, but we're seeing where every, anybody thinks they can get cash. They're now raising it. Yeah, completely. And which is leading to short term feels like some exhaustion. I noticed today that a lot of stocks that were 20%, 30% lower last week are higher, even though the market's now lower.
0: Well, yeah, and and with this amount of, I mean, mean, it can't just drop to zero, you know, at once. Well, some things can. (laughs) Obviously.
1: Yeah, Boeing and and anything highly levered if they don't get bailed out here is on a slow beat. And
0: the airline thing is an interesting one, right? It's like, do we bail out someone that spent like 70% of cash flow, you know, by giving their CEO optionality? Like, is that, what do we do there?
1: Um, it's over my pay grade. It's just, you know, I love reading Ben Hunter, listening to people explain it through their lens. It's it's a moving target in the sense that, listen, three years ago when that asshole, had, I remember the quote, well, American Airlines, you know, I went back and read the quote, we'll never lose yeah. money again. He didn't quite see, he, he phrased it like, well, you know, we won't lose money again, but it wasn't exactly that. And what a cavalier thing to say when you run an airline business. Like, when has that not been boom bust and cyclical? Like, the last thing they can control is profitability, right? And you so, know. so when he said that, that was the time to get out. Now that took another two and a half years for this to hit. So I don't know. Do you deserve? Do should we save some CEO that goes? In, that you can? Who? What CEO should say that? You know, it's kind of like the Elon Musk stuff. You know, if, if yeah. don't bail out a guy who's that cavalier, you know, like, you know, let somebody else go, you know, maybe buy it from him and build it properly. I don't know. Remember the uh, the Detroit guy? What was the car guy that he, he, uh, he blew up in the 80s? I'm just trying to think with their with the fancy car in Detroit. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I don't know how I feel about the airlines other than. Was it DeLorean? Uh, DeLorean. Thank you oh yeah so was, we let that guy die you know what I mean like I just think
0: wait wasn't that the guy that got caught doing like a cocaine deal or something like that
1: yeah but that happens. The, it's happened to oh me <laughs> <laughs> it happened to me last week <laughs> <laughs> the uh, exactly you have a long memory because you sound under 40 how old are you
0: uh, I I've, I've been dead for 2,000 years I died in the Rhine
1: I know Aurelius died but uh, yeah. but I've now a
0: long time
1: but how, I grew up
0: in the heydays of the internet. You have to, you have to, so
1: you're you a to, millennial, you're a late millennial, mid thirties, mid thirties. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and what got you into trading?
0: Um, you know, I was always interested. I, I wanted to work on wall street when I was younger, but then I kind of, I, I went to a little bit of business school and I kind of, I got, I read Taleb and I read a bunch of other Mandelbrot and all these other people. And I, and I've realized that a lot of business management and things like that were just basically grandstanding. And so I kind of drifted more towards the applied mathematics uh, area and just kind of I, my, I lived in New York when I was a teenager, too. So I would go to Wall Street and just kind of watch, you know, it was it was always really fascinating to me. Just the idea that, you know, the, the markets were a thing and that you could trade like I remember being like 13 and looking at pork belly prices and being like, this is insane. What?
1: Yeah. That's why you're not married, but congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you not married? I'm into pork bellies. Uh, Explain some, but I got a place in Tahoe. doesn't matter. Pork bellies. The, uh, what, uh, do you remember the first time you just fucking blew yourself up? Well, obviously you remember, but have you blown yourself up?
0: Oh, certainly. Yes. Yes. So what was that? So tell me about that. Anyone that tells anyone that tells, they well, of course happen, not you know? that's the
1: show panic with friends so tell me the most embarrassing panic bad trade
0: oh man um
1: that made you like sorry. take six months off or shook you to like a oh, this is not yeah such- yeah 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 yeah
0: of course um I was trading oil futures of course you were yeah you were you
1: were, yeah. were you in your parents basement or were you above ground <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was, I was above ground.
1: Oh, you were above uh, ground. Okay, above so you were surviving. You, yes, I yeah. was. You were yeah. you were a, you were above ground. You were a human, <laughs> and you put on this oil futures trade. You're, what happened?
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was the beginning of OPEC Plus, like twenty fifteen, and I shorted right as they announced the production cut, and and, and it was it was brutal. What was, was the like reason
1: a, for going short? Do you you must have had a reason.
0: Well, yeah, I, I ended up actually being right on the call. It, well, that happens but, a
1: lot. I've, my biggest trade is I was right, but still lost everything.
0: Of course, of course, yeah, no, that's that's what happens. You trade too big, you your delta's too big, and you get wiped out. But yeah, yeah no, I was I was right on the call. It fa- it went to like fifty six or something, something really like that, and then went to forty six within like you know an hour. But of course I got whipped out and it was, it was, it was not fun. And I didn't talk to anybody for a, a while and it was, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it.
1: Yes. And, and, but the reason for the trade was sound. It just, you got whipsaw meaning it went against you and you just took the pain and, and cut your losses.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. Just max pain. Yeah.
1: And how did you claw back after that? What was, what got you back into it? How much did you have to take off? Like, what's that like? I've been there, but what's it like? You're uh, to-
0: I mean, it hurts like, you, you know, you, you feel physically sick for a while, but that once again, that's why a system is so important. You know, I think I think everybody has to learn this at their own pace. You know, you get burned and, and you have to learn and respect volatility for what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, I mean, some people do, some people don't. You know, there's always kind of a class of people that are going to just kind of stay in that. I, I don't know. Gambler class, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah and a lot of people will get stung enough times to learn to respect volatility and and that was yeah it was a it was a learning experience
1: and when why when did you start journaling
0: um Started journaling in about 2014. I I originally started doing it just, you know, in a notebook. Sure. But then I I never had, you know, a little notebook on me. And that was just weird to carry around like a little pad. And so I always had my phone on me and I had stock to it. So I was like, okay, I I can use this as a journal.
1: Yeah. And you just quietly journal for yourself. I d I don't even know how I discovered you, but I'm glad I did. You know, that's the beauty of, of socials, like you weren't looking to get discovered somehow. It just could people get discovered eventually? The uh, and just your whole tone, the Marcus Aurelius, there's no ego, it was a very simple explanation. So you weren't looking for you weren't calling people names, you just you were journaling your thoughts.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's to this day I still entirely do it for myself. You yeah. know, like And that's the best way to do it because you can really notice. You can learn a lot by yourself about about yourself just by watching your own, you know, thought pattern and things like that. You know, it's if if you observe your own thought process like you would somebody else, you can learn. You can learn a lot about yourself.
1: And um, so you you're addicted to the idea of journaling. I think it's the best thing that I ever started doing as an investor. Is this something that you think you'll never stop doing?
0: Oh, no. No, absolutely not.
1: And do you um, do everything by yourself? It's just you, right? It's your one-man shop.
0: Like trading-wise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, entirely. And,
1: and are you going to do this full-time, or is it more like you come out of the hole to do this stuff because there's, these trades don't exist all the time?
0: No, I generally do this full-time. I, I obviously have a day job when there's not a pandemic but you know uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, um
1: so do i you know i don't do panic with friends unless there's the pandemic made me do this you know what i mean it's like (laughs) who has
0: time (laughs) yeah i know we all have a lot more time than we did i'm kind of enjoying it this is my general this is my yeah this is my full-time this is my full-time gig it's all it's all information theory you know what i mean it's all it's all math and it's I was I was really into video games when I was younger. Like I said, I grew up in the uh, in the heyday of the internet, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just kind of, you know, playing games and just kind of looking at, you know, information theory has been something that I've loved my whole life. And this is this is the biggest video game in the world.
1: It is right. There's nothing better than investing. Are you bullish on the on the markets in general and on 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 global markets, or what do you think of the lasting effects of this? <laughs>
0: Not terribly bullish, no. Um, I mean, I I just can't imagine the stocks go up in an environment where you know upwards of sixty percent of our economy is on lockdown for a while.
1: Right. No, but I'm saying you know, five ten years out.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, it that, that answers the how- question.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> that that's fair <laughs> enough. The yeah. the and, and gold is just an inflation idea from you.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's just, if this happens, gold should go up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the effects from this are somewhere, in my opinion, between the 08 recession and the 1918 Spanish flu. You know what I mean? It's not like the economy broke, but it's just everything everything froze. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, in Europe you see a way, like, there. Uh, I think it was Spain, like 17% of GDP you know, for a stimulus package. Like, that's what we need here. We can barely get, you know, what is it? One to 2% of GDP passed. You know what I mean? And even then, you know, the thing that nobody's talking about is like, what about people that have mortgages? You know, what, what if I have friends that work in the courts in California and they're, they're about to close down the entire firm. And these are people that have mortgages that have decent jobs, but you know, they're about to lose their house because they can't afford to stop working for 60. You know what I mean? Like the cascade yeah. effects. I mean, upwards of 50 percent of Americans are uh, gig workers. They don't even qualify for unemployment. What do they do? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So and, the,
0: and so you got yeah, to hunker
1: down still. It's a hunker down yeah. moment.
0: Yeah. Sell everything that isn't nailed to the floor.
1: And uh, and you say that not as a bear. You just say that as a realist.
0: Yeah, I I've been saying the entire time like I I hope I'm wrong on this. I swear to god, I would yeah. love to be No,
1: wrong. you have. And what is where's Taleb right now? What's he thinking? Um like from what I you've mean, read, is he gloating? Is he just like trying to help or where where's his head at?
0: No, he doesn't I mean the thing about like any long gamma system is that people will any during any event like this, they'll think you have all the answers. Right. But it's like, and then you go seven years without anything happening and bleeding profits. And then they're like, Oh, you're, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So, you know, it, there's an ebb and a flow to, to this sort of thing.
1: And any books that you recommend to people who are interested in this conversation that, that got you excited?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so first of all, anything that Taleb has ever written, uh, I owe. I owe many of all. Most of my ideas are, uh, you know, inspired by the inserto. So that would be the collection of books. It would start with "Fooled by Randomness," and um, I believe his last one was "Anti-Fragile." Yeah. So that you know, there's there's five books for you. And then uh, Misbehaving of Markets by uh, Benoit Mandelbrot. That's also Red a bad. really Amazing. good one. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. And then um, also uh, The Dow of Capital by Mark he, um He's also a business partner of Taleb, and he goes into Austrian investing and tail hedging and um, option pricing and a little more in detail than Taleb does.
1: And you're into options. How did you learn options?
0: Uh, completely self-taught self-taught I was, yeah like i said i had a, a a knack for kind of science and engineering and they were just always really interesting to me and i just kind of just read about them a lot
1: and what do you do for fun games still or
0: um a little bit of games i used to i used to rock climb a lot but now um now everything's closed so you know, yeah, starting to get back into video games. I read a lot. I, uh, I read a fair amount. So, um, I've just been kind of hunkering down and, you know, uh, stocking up on audible credits during this whole thing.
1: <laughs> and so you like podcasts you over, you, you prefer to ingest it via reading or, or via audio
0: via audio. It's far, it's far better in my opinion. So if, if
1: people are going to go do these, uh, these books, you think audio works just as well.
0: No, absolutely. I think oh. it's better than actually reading.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go listen to those again. That's a great. And you think Audible's the easiest way?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's my preferred. I've had an Audible subscription you know for years. I'm,
1: I'm converted. I I gotta get into your brain. I, I feel like I know you, and it's only been six weeks. It feels like uh, we. Sh- <laughs> I feel like I, I think there's a thing, okay. Canute.
0: Yeah, man. Never. <laughs> Watch out, Marcus. <laughs> I'm trying to get into his gold tub.
1: The uh, Well, congratulations. We're going to do this again. Uh, uh, to the victors go the spoils. You, you uh, you know, I don't really care what you made. I just saw it happening. But you did make some money. I feel good for you. The uh, You took some risk and you, uh, how do people behave? Were people uh, responsive on StockTwits? You know, I know I was, but.
0: You know, there was a, a mixed bag of responses. A lot of people would say, you know, like, it was funny. One guy tagged me and he goes, you know, I really like this guy, but he's doom and gloom all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I. Yeah, it's like, no, pandemics tend to be that way. It's nothing <laughs> I'm particularly doing. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, but it it's really, like I said earlier, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just people need to, gra- the sooner they grasp this, the less it. The less indefinite these measures need to be,
1: you know. And what's your favorite game right now to play?
0: A video game? Yeah. The total, actually, for people that like markets and thinking in second order effects, uh-huh. this is a great game. It's a Total War. So Rome 2 Total War. It's a strategy-based turn game. It's, it's very similar to chess. But you're mm-hmm. you're playing, um, and it's historically accurate, and you're playing real figures in history, so you can play as Caesar, you can play as Hannibal, you can play as all these other people. And it, it's a great game. For anyone that likes uh, playing markets and thinking in second order effects, I'd recommend it. Is that it. a
1: PC game? Correct. It's a, it's a PC, a personal computer game. Got it. It's a, got it. And you download that where?
0: Uh, you can get it on Steam. So. Got it.
1: On Steam. And then anything else uh, interests you at the moment? Like anything else standing out other than you're just hunkered down?
0: Um, Like investment-wise? Yeah. Mm, no. I mean, even even from the, the high base we came from markets, I mean, PEs are still really elevated. And those are like trailing. I can't wait until we get forward PEs. Right. You know, that's going to be fun, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I have my gold bathtub. I have some seeds. I have, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start germinating the seeds in my gold bathtub. I got, I got big plans, Howard.
1: Good man. How do you feel about the elections? Do you care? Do you think it's an important election? Do you?
0: I mean, obviously it's important. Every election's important, but I mean, like Joe Biden can't even remember what state he's in. So like, Correct. I mean, you know, Neither can
1: I. I don't want to judge people on that.
0: <laughs> Who's
1: this guy? My producer. What's your name again? I have, I can't remember. Okay. So, <laughs> so does that matter? To you or are you? So you would vote for Trump because Biden can't remember his name, or you don't have to say. But I was saying, like, what do you think happens?
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm not really affiliated with any political party. But I, the choices between a man in cognitive decline or Donald Trump, you know what I mean? Like, I would just. It's not good. As, neither choice. Good neither point. choice is good to me.
1: Right. And do you think he helped your trade Trump or it would have happened no matter what?
0: Uh, yeah. Any president, you know, this is people think that the president has these like big levers, you know, in the oval office that they can like control gas prices and things, you know, it's like the president runs, uh, uh an insurance company with a really big military, you know, as far as expenditures go for the U S you know, it's not like, the, the, the president has all of these overreaching impacts on the economy. I think it didn't help, but I think this would have happened under any president.
1: Got it. Can't stop a pand- person. Can't stop a pandemic. You can only exactly. d- get people to behave. Okay. This was a treat. Uh, I appreciate you spending the time with us. And uh, is Amazon saving you? Basically is everything ordered by Amazon?
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, uh, I We're live lucky. Off of Amazon. We're lucky
1: that Amazon exists.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Okay, be well, and we'll uh, see you on the streams.
0: All right. Thank you, Howard.
1: Thanks, Marcus. What'd you think? You learn anything?
0: Uh, I learned that I need to be really good at math to be able to do any of
1: this. Oh, you're good at math. You're you don't. You don't want to do any of this, but did it make sense to you? It made sense. Yeah. Pretty interesting I mean, that one person in the middle of nowhere can make a killing of the behavior of everybody. That's what's fascinating. Right. Well, his brain must be wired correctly. Yeah, be wired correctly. You still got to understand risk management, yada yada yada. Okay, we uh that was just cool. I just am fascinated by people that can sh- grind out the noise and and apply a pandemic to the markets and and stick with that trade and see it happen. All right, we will uh, be back with another panic with friends unfortunately as the S&P is still in Crash mode, and uh, I don't see an end in sight based on our last, this call with Marcus, but uh, the show must go on. Thanks, Knut. Thank you.